Hi, you're listening to the Coffee and Books podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Welcome again. We have a wonderful mishmash episode for you today. It is mixed up. It is great. Uh, I hope all of you are doing well. We are getting ice and snow here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, So everything is pretty much closed for the next two days or so. We'll see if that picks up soon. Uh, So great reading weather, uh, since you can't go to work. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. So today's episode is going to be about a large amount of topics. So I can't possibly cover everything in great detail. But this episode is going to be dedicated to those of you who have questions or who want to just know general things about books in general. Uh, So we're going to start off today's podcast with uh, the following ideas. Um, So I thought of this episode because I like getting personalized gifts. I'm thinking about gifts because it's previously Valentine's Day. And I recently bought a book for, you know, my significant other, my fiance. Um, I bought her a book from Mars Nobles retailer. Uh, Something that made us both laugh. Um, It's actually pretty cool. And so I'm going to talk about how I picked that book out and why I did. And I'm going to give ideas and suggestions to you that, you know, people out there who want to pick out books for their significant other or, you know, their family or their coworkers as well, or maybe even their boss. You know, the list is endless. So we're going to talk about what did I buy? Well, my girlfriend and I have an inside joke about um, H.P. Lovecraft, who is a famous science fiction writer. I'm actually excited because I might even read this book that I got her as well. Uh, But to make a long story short here, um, I decided that when I had visited last of Barnes & Nobles and I saw this book, you know, for a pretty reasonable price, and it was the tales of H.P. Lovecraft about Cthulhu, I couldn't resist. And I bought that book and I presented it to her and I said, you know, this is something that I'm getting for you. And I thought she would really appreciate it. It made me think of you. And so now that book is forever tied to our inside joke, as well as the fact that I thought it was a pretty good gift. So let's get into how you can best find out what to pick out for someone else. All right, so the best way to buy books for someone else is to be familiar with them. Do you know their hobbies, their interests, what they like to talk about? Um, This is something that's rather difficult to navigate over time. Uh, For instance, if you're buying for your boss, you want it to be something that is appropriate, but you also want it to be something that you two can connect on. If you're buying for your significant other, it can be like more of an inside joke like mine was. Um, But maybe you're buying a book for your mother for, you know, Mother's Day, or you're buying something for someone's birthday. There's a lot of different reasons why someone would get a gift. Um, And books typically make great gifts, uh, especially to those of us who love to read. Um, So the first way and best way is to just be familiar with them and and maybe even ask them what they're looking for. Um, So tip number two is to gouge what they like to read or even if they like to read at all. Um, Not everyone likes to read. For instance, I have a family friend who enjoys reading, but she doesn't enjoy reading books. She enjoys reading more of the online articles and she reads newspapers and magazines and she's just a voracious reader as well, but just prefers to be listening online rather than actually going out and buying a physical book. She doesn't have the attention span for it. So that's something to keep in mind your audience. Who are you buying for? If they have a short attention span, you know, I can understand that today. Uh, So maybe, uh, you know, a subscription to a magazine is better than buying a physical large volume book. Keep that in mind as well that, you know, the person you're buying for, um, you know, might have a wide variety of interests and not just one interest. So, 
nothing, uh, tip number three, sorry, nothing makes a book more personal than to actually write a handwritten note inside the book. It is a great idea. I enjoy this very much. Whenever you are trying to write for a special occasion, there's nothing quite like signing a book and making a special note for that person in there. However, this does have one downside, which is that it can be, uh, you know, sort of like a, a way for that person to, like, you know, hold on to that book forever. But, you know, it, it's a note that's tied to that book. I've seen books, and what happens to them over time is that typically they're sold or, you know, they're let go. And books over time, especially, uh, you know, get recycled. Uh, there's just sometimes this a factor where, you know, if you're giving someone a gift and you're writing a hand-personalized note in it, you know, keep in mind that that person will have to probably hang on to that gift forever unless they want to seem, you know, rude, you know. So that's just my opinion. Buying a gift is really difficult in that way because you want to sign it, but you don't want to make it so that they have to keep it forever if you're not quite sure they're going to like it. All right. Um, so what not to do? I definitely recommend not buying a movie cover of a book. You've seen these. A great example would be Lord of the Rings. If you go and buy a Lord of the Rings book, chances are you've seen this, especially 20 years ago when Lord of the Rings was in theaters. Um, I can remember all the rage everywhere. The books, you know, The Hobbit and The Fellowship of the Ring, for instance, and has an example of having, you know, the, a character, Frodo Baggins, on the front cover, who's portrayed by the actor Elijah Woods. This was a still from the movie that became the book cover. And I hated it. I still, to this day, think that's something that infuriates me to no end when you're going to buy a book and you go select it and then they put a movie picture or a movie still or a movie poster on the front cover of a book. And they might have completely ruined a beautiful piece of art just to kind of repackage it. So something to keep in mind uh, is that if a person is a big reader like myself, they may not enjoy that. So just uh, words of wisdom there from me. Um, Okay. So another suggestion is don't buy too much at once. Always let the person kind of feel out what they're looking for. So, you know, I love books and I'm going to want to get them, but it makes it a little bit less special when you get a large chunk of books given to you at once. I'd rather have a personalized book that you gave to me saying that you thought of me than I would rather have a big bag full of random books that you said, hey, I thought you might enjoy this. Um, Okay. And then lastly, i like to point out, you don't ask unless, you don't know unless you ask. You will never truly know what they want unless you go there and you talk to them and you see what they really want. It's something you can always do. Just say, hey, you know, I'm looking, you know, at, you know, maybe finding you a gift in the future. You know, what is something that you'd be interested in getting? You know, I know this is kind of crude, you know, because it depends on the type of scenario where you're buying a gift for someone. But that's one good way of finding out. Uh, what that person definitely needs or wants. And I do have one last part, which is that um, if you are, if it is possible, you could always take them to a bookstore just to see what they are interested in. Um, that's also another good way of finding out what they like to read. Okay, so all that is the first topic, how to pick out a book, how to, you know, find one, you know, for your significant other or your mom or dad or your family or your coworker or your boss. So now we're going to get into topic two today. It's called renting versus buying books. Um, so renting is a great for speed readers such as myself. Um, it's way cheaper. It's definitely something you can easily do and pick up. Um, getting a library card, as I mentioned on this podcast before, is super easy and 
Um, it's a good way of not spending your entire paycheck. Uh, but it does have some drawbacks. So number one, if a book is a bestseller and is out right now and is very hot, it's very hard to come by at a library. Um, now libraries might have multiple copies of a book, but typically if there's a very large demand for something, you could be waiting months before you actually get the book that you want. So that is one drawback of renting is you typically have to wait in line until it's your turn. Um, and then drawback number two is that when you do rent something is that it's due back if there's you know immediate need for it because there's other people wanting to read that book. So what happens is, is if you aren't done with that book, you are late on returning it, you might have to pay a fine or fee uh, you know, to have that book out. So it's something to keep in mind that, hey, this is a, a book that, you know, there's a lot of people who want to read it, and i got to read it kind of quickly unless I want to return it uh, late. So those are the drawbacks of renting. You, don't, you can't spend as much time as you want actually savoring it, enjoying it, as you would normally, and there's typically a wait involved if you want a book. Um, so what's the advantages and disadvantages to buying books? Uh, so uh, one great thing about buying a book is it's the fast way to, fastest way to actually get a book. So say I want to go on Amazon right now and I want to buy the latest manga uh, that I'm reading, for, which is Food Wars. Um, if I want to read that and buy an, the next copy of it, it's pretty easy to do. Just go on Amazon or Barnes & Nobles or whatever major retailer. I can go in right now to different stores and just buy a book right now and have it forever, which is very convenient and nice. Um, so the first thing is it's accessible, it's easy to get when you buy it. Um, and then of course, lastly, it's yours forever. So if I buy something, I'm gonna use it and maybe reuse it again and again and again. Um, and of course, as I just pointed out earlier, at a library you have a certain select amount of time when you rent a book. But when you buy a book, um, you can take as much time as you want reading it, which is very soothing in itself, you know, for you to maybe go at your own pace. Um, another little side note here I like to point out is that if you're a slow reader, I have nothing against you. If you want to take your time reading, there's nothing wrong with that. However, if you're reading with another person, keep in mind, um, if you're both reading the same thing, people who speed read typically do not get along well with people who are slow readers. So please keep that in mind if you're reading with another person. Um, you maybe should just say, okay, maybe I'd be better off reading this by myself if you want to take more time. All right. Um, next, we got uh, some more cons here of buying books. So con of buying books, number one, is that it's a very, very expensive. Uh, for in terms of US dollars, paperback books cost between fifteen to twenty dollars and hardback books cost about twenty-five to forty US dollars. Um, which is expensive, especially if you read multiple books a year like myself, that's not gonna cut it, you know. Yes, buying a book can make it last a while is nice, but if I'm buying multiple books, I'm spending a lot of money I could be spending elsewhere. Um, and so the another con is, of course, is that you don't typically have enough room when you buy books. Like on the scale that I buy, you know, some people have a bookshelf in their homes like I do. But having a bookshelf is different than, um, you know, like having enough room on your bookshelf. And as I've learned, you know, if you're buying books like I typically do, you tend to buy a lot of books at once. And there's 
you don't typically finish them fast enough. And as a result, your book pile grows and you never quite finish what you kind of started. So something to keep in mind in the future is if you're buying books, sometimes you can buy too many at once and you can, of course, not have enough room. All right. So now let's go into our third topic of the day. Um, So the third topic of the day is picking a book based on its cover versus a blind date with a book. So a new trend in buying books recently is buying a book that you don't know anything about. Um, Think of it as like a book gamble or, you know, a book, random book selection. Sometimes people, you know, gift books to you like in a white elephant party or you might just randomly have a book that has been given to you by a friend um, and you may not know what that book is about. Those are good examples, but what a blind date with a book is, is when you buy from a retailer where the a cover of a book is completely covered with brown paper and you cannot see what the book is inside. And this is very good and very bad. Um, it's good because it allows you to experience something new for the first time. It's got an element of surprise to it. Um, but you're going to completely come across topics you wouldn't normally have you know, you know, purchased. And that's kind of dangerous. <laughs> uh, you know, I could definitely see myself buying one of these books and it end up being Twilight or something. So with that in mind, uh, you know, I'm not saying Twilight is necessarily 100% bad. I'm just saying that it's not something I would have picked up on on my own. And the blind date with a book theory is that if I pick out a book and I would never really normally have bought it, but then I read that book, I'm going to be more interested in it because it's going to open me up to new possibilities and new places I would never have been. Uh, So then we're going to go that versus how do you pick a book based on its cover. So so a good example of buying a book based on its cover is a cover to me of a book is very similar to when you're buying music, like a vinyl record. Um, So the first thing it has to grab you is the way it looks. Does it look you know, interesting. Is a good piece of art? Um, is it well illustrated? Um, does it, you know, recognizable? Do you recognize the author's name? Do you recognize what they're saying about this book? Is it a bestseller? Um, you know, is it something that makes you drawn to it? And then, of course, you typically read the back, which typically has more information about the book, either a plot summary or praise by other authors, which I also look for to see if they're recognizable. Um, And then, of course, I read the inside cover to get a good feel if I'm going to like this book or not. So all those factors help me determine when I'm picking out a book if I'm going to want to read that book. You know, sometimes you just look at a book and you say, this book screams I'm interested in it. I'm going to want to read that. And other times you're looking at a book and you just can't get into it, and that's okay too. That's the point. The cover is the way to kind of filter out what you like versus what you don't like. That's why the whole blind date with a book thing is so powerful because it opens up, you know, the idea that there's other books out there you wouldn't normally have picked. So those are just two different ways of picking out books to read besides getting recommendations from friends. Um, So I have a couple questions for you listeners, which is, is if you were reading a book, would you read a book if it was just handed to you, Um, even if you didn't know what it was about? So if someone just handed you a book and said, would you read it, you know, I would probably say yes, just to get an idea or feel for it. Um, And then also, how do you pick books? Do you base it off the cover or do you base it off of a recommendation from a friend? Or, you know, what are some way you listeners pick out books? 
And so that's all for today's podcast. So please keep in mind that this is something I do for fun, but I would really appreciate it if you share this podcast with friends, um, if you rate and review this podcast wherever you find it. Again, this is all for fun for me. So thank you again for uh, sharing this podcast. Please be sure to check out um, any of my future podcast episodes. I'd love to hear from you. Again, you can reach me at Scott, S-C-O-T-T, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, 16, at yahoo.com. And thanks, and have a great day.